Welcome to the Embracing Brokenness podcast, where our goal is to engage with all of those willing to venture deeper into their transformational journey with Christ. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life. To live the way of Jesus, we have to slow down. But this is not easy in the chaos of our urban digital world. To experience the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Allow his pace and his practices to rule our lives. Hurry will sever your connection to God, to other people, and to your own soul. Who are we becoming? Slow down. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Live freely. Live lightly. And find rest for your soul. Ten Boom once said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Furthermore, Thomas Merton was quoted as saying, hurry is a pervasive form of contemporary violence. Well, welcome folks to another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. I'm glad you could join me. I've entitled this particular podcast, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Now, I've done that kind of in honor of John Mark Comer, who wrote a book by the same name. And Dallas Willard was also mentioned as quoting the same thing. And I, I, I want to go deeper into this with you today because I think it's, it's critically important to all of us as Christians, to all of society, quite frankly, that we learn to eliminate hurry in our life. And that is such an important thing for, for any of us to really think about. So, fascinating that God continues to remind me how important this topic is, kind of in light of this current culture, and particularly here in the United States. I mean, we operate at a fast pace, never a dull moment, constant demands on our time and energy, with somehow this insatiable desire to, to please others. And you have this perfect formula for what's known as hurry sickness. Now that's a real thing, by the way. If you wanna look it up, uh, just Google it, hurry sickness. There's a lot written about it out there. Um, and there's a particular article I saw in Forbes magazine that described it this way. This is back in February of, uh, let's see, 2019, I think. And I've, I've seen this mentioned elsewhere, but. This is what they said. Here are a few questions to ask if you struggle with hurry sickness. Number one, do you usually count the cars in front of you and move compulsively and repeatedly to the lane and the line that seems to go faster? Uh, guilty as charged, for sure. Uh, number two, have you accidentally put your clothes on inside out or backwards? Now, I can't say I've done that very often, but I know I've done it. Uh, probably we all have, right, at some point. The next one is, do you multitask to the point of forgetting one of the tasks? Oh, yeah, that seems a little strange, but guilty as charged also. 
are you usually the one moving from one checkout line to another because it looks shorter or faster? Well, I could tell you that that's totally me in every instance all the time. So, touche, you may be suffering from hurry sickness. So, I went further and I, I saw, and I looked up the definition really in psychology today, this is how they define it, as a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. Hurry sickness was coined by cardiologists Meyer Friedman and Ray Rosenman, highly related to the fear of missing out. You've heard that term before, FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, yes. So to give a little bit of credit where it's due, I, ha I have a few clips. I'm going to play this for you because I was able to track down a, a talk that John Mark Comer did. Uh, it was actually last year at Westside Church in Vancouver. And I, I really love the way he kind of summarizes the book that he wrote. And so I want you to listen in to some of these extremely profound insights. So here we go, and I'll be back in a minute. The philosopher Dallas Willard once called hurry the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. And he said, quote, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. The longer I have sat with Willard's thesis, the more I have come to agree that hurry is really the issue underneath so many of the other issues of our day and age, from outrage culture to these kind of anxiety epidemic across our generation to digital distraction to the breakdown of the family to chronic loneliness and the suicide rate and its explosion to exhaustion and burnout and so on and so forth. Even Carl Jung, the psychologist who coined the phrase of, or the kind of the paradigm of introvert and extrovert and whose work was the basis for the Myers-Briggs theory of personality, once had this great line, or he used to say it on a regular basis, hurry isn't of the devil, it is the devil. A number of years ago, um, before we embarked on kind of a, a restructure of our church around spiritual formation and practice and community, it's a very long story, but a number of years, before we kind of embarked on all of this, it was a major shift for our church, and I knew I would get a lot of flack for it, and so a lot of time and effort and prayer and thought and reading went into it and research. And before we embarked, I sat down with a an older, wiser, 70-something PhD clinical psychologist that I know who's very well respected. And I just ran the idea by him. I ran what we call our working theory of change by him. This is how we think people grow and mature to become more like Jesus over a lifetime. And he sat, and he was quiet most of the time, and he would add a thing here once in a while. Here's what Jung had to say about that. Here's something you're missing. But at the end, he basically had very little to say. He said, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Mostly what you think is right. And then he just said one thing that I have never, ever forgotten. He said, the number one problem you will face is time. Most people are just too busy to live emotionally healthy and spiritually vibrant lives. After 40 years of experience as a psychologist and a follower of Jesus, that was his, that was his thing. He said, the, the main problem for most people, the main reason most people don't grow, don't mature, marriages, families don't thrive, the main reason people don't recover from trauma, the main reason in his mind was busyness. People just don't have the time. Wait, wait, I had to stop there. Did you hear that? Really? We don't have the time to be about the most important challenge in our lives. And that is our own spiritual maturity and focus on Christ for that matter and who he made us to be. 
to be about loving God and loving others. That's really what we're called to do. Friends, that is a choice. Like, it's not about having the time. It's about making the choice to focus on the one, our creator God and his plan for our life. It's almost unimaginable, but but here's here's something interesting. For anyone who may be familiar with Ruth Haley Barton, uh, from her book, Sacred Rhythms, I believe, this is where this came from, there's, she mentions 10 signs that you're moving too fast through life. And so just let me mention these to you, right? There's an irritability or a hypersensitivity in every interaction. So, boy, I'll tell you, in, in the middle of COVID, that was, that was sort of who I felt like I was, just this irritable and hypersensitive person, probably because the stress of hearing a lot of what was going on around me, not because I'm, I was fearful per se, but everything changed, right? Everything was different. And I have a wife who works um, in a mission locally where there's a lot of demand around those times of just keeping people safe. And it was stressful for her and for both of us because I felt like I was kind of living it right alongside of her. Uh, and for anybody in healthcare otherwise too, they felt the same thing. But that could be any time. That's just not necessarily in this situation. This is about, you know, you're moving too fast through life. So there's that, irritability, hypersensitivity. Uh, there's a restlessness that that exists when the, each of us. That's the second thing she mentions, and I and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I, I'm not sure getting into it right now is real helpful, but I, I want you to really examine your own life and think a little bit about what what might be impacting you right now. Compulsive overworking, another thing. You're definitely moving too fast if you're compulsively overworking, um, and. Again, that's a common denominator in the world, in the society we live in right now. Everybody has to be making things happen at the speed of light. If you're not, you're not keeping up, you're not current on all the latest technologies, it's, it's hugely important. Another one, emotional numbness. So I thought about that a little bit. You, you, you know, we get to a place where we end up, um, as we're kind of passing through from one thing to the other, and we're checking off our lists, there is an emotional numbness to it because it's really about getting stuff done, right? And you're moving, 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 moving. So that is a really critically important thing to pay attention to. Uh, this is one of my favorites, escapist behaviors. Well, not really a favor, but it's a reality, right? We, we call them it embracing brokenness. We call them isms sometimes, that thing we put in the God spot that only God belongs in. So we have these sort of behaviors that we do once we're hypersensitively moving through life. and. You know, for me, it's like I'll just eat a gallon of ice cream. Eh, not really a gallon, probably a half gallon of ice cream on one sitting if I really, if I really focus on it. But for all kidding aside, for most people, we have something we turn to. It could be alcohol. It could be binge watching Netflix. It could be social media. It could be a whole bunch of things that really take us away from the thing that God intends us to focus on most. And that just is a way to just desensitize ourselves from the craziness and the overwork that we're already involved in. Another one is disconnected from identity and calling. Well, that is really true because as we try to live out this false self in chasing things that aren't that significant, we disconnect from what we really are meant to be and what our calling is in life. Another thing is not able to attend to human needs. Well, I mean, I guess that can be defined a lot of different ways. 
Uh, I'm not really sure um, how you would define it, so I'll let that out there on its own. But the, sometimes mm-hmm. that human need category is is really important. Uh, it could even be for people around you that really need you. Um, and, and so think about that. It really is a, it's a tough one. Uh, hoarding energy. Hmm. Hoarding energy as something or a sign that you're moving too fast through life. Um, you know, you hold on to it if you need to. You have to accelerate sometimes in, in, our, in the world we live in. And so sometimes you, you find ways to, to hoard it until you really need it. Interesting. Slippage in our spiritual practices. That's a big one. Like, uh, <laughs> devotion time becomes just a thing. Right. You, you even if you do it, sometimes you don't. If you know, maybe you're not in church. Maybe you're not praying much. You're just sort of and work in community with your fellow man. That's a really important thing that that gets lost as we're hurrying through life, as we're moving at a fast pace. Slippage in our spiritual practices. That's the last thing that she mentioned. Um, so get, think about those things. Those are all noteworthy possibilities. And if you fit into any of these categories, you should ask yourself a question. Is it really worth it? Uh, Pete Scazzaro, for those of you who may not be familiar with him, he actually posted something on Instagram last week, and I picked up on it. It's a, it's a list that he entitled, You Know You Need a Sabbath When The Only Time You're Alone Is in the Bathroom. Okay, that's good. Number two, it takes you over 30 minutes to fall asleep because your mind is racing about things you forget to do. Oh boy, again, that's me. I I do it, I get it. Number three, you think rest is standing still in traffic. Oh my gosh, yes. Number four, you go to check your email for a moment and are still there an hour later. Uh, Yeah, that's like in the morning I figure, let me just check a couple things and before you know it, it's an hour later. Number five, you cannot remember anything you ate the last three days. Yeah. Number six, you drove for an hour and had so much on your mind that when you arrived, you're not sure how you got there. Now, that happens all the time, right? You put it on autopilot almost. Of course, if I have Waze or some other, you know, GPS system, that's easy. I just, you just drive and it tells you where to go. Number seven, you don't know what day it is. Yeah, that's happened a few times. Um, not a pleasant thing, especially when you have a meeting another day and you think it's that day and all that kind of thing. So number eight, you find yourself jealous and angry when someone else is enjoying life. Kind of sad when you think about it, but it happens. Another sign that you know you need a Sabbath when you can't remember the last time you sat down to eat breakfast. Hmm. And lastly, when you tweet during movies, text during dinner, read email during meetings, or learn about your spouse's day from Facebook. Yeah, that's happened a couple of times, although I ditched Facebook a while ago, other than for ministry, because it really is time-consuming and not real helpful. So, too funny, but so true. It, it seems pretty consistent, again, with what I call COVID brain. Uh, We're on the other side of it for the most part, but boy, it feels fresh. Like we're still dealing with some of that and that's here in the US, around the world, 
India right now, major problems, other places. So, you know, wherever this podcast is landing, and I, and I do know that it lands all over the world, guys, we're with you. We get it. It's still happening, and it's a tough, tough nut to crack. So hang in there. Let's think a little bit more about this. I want to play further John Mark Homer here as he digs just a little deeper into this subject. There's more at stake than our emotional health, as if that's not enough. This isn't just about feeling good or feeling less stressed out. Our spiritual life itself hangs in the balance. I love this, again, from Ron Rollheiser. Today, a number of historical circumstances are blindly flowing together and accidentally conspiring to produce a climate within which it is difficult not just to think about God or to pray, but simply to have any interior depth whatsoever. We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. It is not that we have anything against God, depth, and spirit. We would like these. It's just that we are habitually too preoccupied to have any of these show up on our radar screens. We are more busy than bad, more distracted than non-spiritual, and more interested in the movie theater, the sports stadium, and the shopping mall, or for us, you know, Amazon and Instagram and whatever, and the fantasy life, and that's what it is. It's not real. They produce in us than we are in church. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. Now, to clarify what we mean by our spiritual lives, because that language is cliche and it's really easy to sentimentalize, how I would define that, not that it's the definition, but here's how I define spiritual life or spirituality in the Christian tradition. Our capacity to receive and give love in relationship to God and to others. To receive love, to enlarge our soul or let it be enlarged by God enough to receive love from the Trinitarian community of love that we call God and from the community to our right and to our left. And then to turn around and give that love to friend, to family, and eventually as we grow and mature in Christ-likeness, even to our enemy. After all, for Jesus, the telos of the spiritual journey itself, or put another way, the meaning and purpose of life is to become a person who is pervaded by love, as best I can tell. When asked, what's the greatest commandment in all of the Bible of his day? He said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's from Deuteronomy. But then, it was interesting, he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And his answer was, here are the greatest commandments. He said, the second is very similar, love your neighbor as yourself, a quote from Leviticus 19. Jesus refused to separate out the love relationship between God and love relationship between one another at a theological level. In fact, modern sciences now, we're learning all sorts of things about attachment theory at a neurobiological level. You cannot separate those two things. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus made, if I'm reading the flow of that sermon right, the apex of Christian spirituality, the kind of highest echelon of maturity in the way of Jesus, the capacity to love not just your neighbor, but even your enemy. For Jesus, the whole spiritual journey is about becoming the kind of person who is pervaded by love. Now, here's what this matters. Hurry, I would argue, is incompatible with love. The late Japanese theologian, 
Kosuke Koyama has this beautiful little book, it's a collection of essays called Three Mile an Hour God. And the title essay, that Three Mile an Hour God, is this beautiful little meditation on how God is slow. Three miles per hour, I had to Google it, but apparently that's the speed of walking. Unless if you're from New York, then it's 25 miles per hour. But, you know, if you're from the West Coast, three mile per hour. And he writes this, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would, not, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. It is an inner speed. It is a spiritual speed. It is a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It is slow, yet it is Lord over all other speeds since it is the speed of love. Love has a speed slow and lured over all other speeds as it is the speed of love. And guess who's love? Jesus. Wow. We become more loving experiencing love. Think about that. From the Holy Spirit and the community of God to help form us into people of love. And let's face it, relationships take time. Any long-term relationship that is loving simply must take time. Time to get to know one another, good, bad, and indifferent. We just need the time to do it. Folks, we are not in control of this life. Uh, the best we can do is, is give of our time to Jesus, prayer, scripture, church, or community. We're not in charge. It's the beauty of it. I mean, just give God our time to be transformed into a person that loves well. That's the goal giving him our time. He will transform us. He will change us into people that love well. That's the antidote to hurry. Love is unhurried. <laughs> Look, there's no silver bullet to eliminate hurry. We need to be ruthless in our effort to do so, though. It's, it's really up to us. There, it, you know, we, it's, nobody's going to do it for us. The world and the demands in the world, it's just going to chew us up and spit us back out. We must learn to protect the most precious resource we have. It's our time. The longest we get to live is 120 years, and that doesn't happen very often. Um, my mother just turned 100 last week. How about that? That's amazing, right? It was a wonderful moment for all of us to be part of that. Now, she wants to go home to be with the Lord. She's run a great race, and she's still getting around. She still can, you know, can speak and is cognitive of everything and so for her it's like ah, it's weary everything else is wearing out but the important thing is she lived her life well and I can tell you because if you were alive a hundred years ago that was a different pace of life wasn't it at least I heard it was so let's slow the pace of our race and finish strong you know I heard an acquaintance once say slow is pro I like that Let's be a pro at giving God our best. Loving Him and others will take, it'll take time and patience, but mostly just our availability. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Slow as pro. Unhurry your life. That's your mantra. God bless you all. We'll be back again real soon. This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.